Mr. Gary Vaynerchuk. Go ahead. Thank you. Thank you. Smarbird. Good afternoon, San Diego. So I have, an, I have a new book coming out called Ask Gary V, mainly because the truth is I really don't even want to speak right now. I just want to go directly into Q&A because I can pontificate my theses all day long on stage and have for a long time in my career at this point. But the truth is I think it's far more interesting to actually start answering practical questions that a lot of people here are trying to deal with. So I'm going to spiel a little bit, but I'm going to go into Q&A for quite a bit. I, had, I asked for a little bit more time, so... Hopefully some of you uh, can push back your dinner reservations because I want to kind of sit on that chair and answer your questions. Another quick request, I know you're probably filming, but is there any way to like turn down the lights a little bit and turn up the room lights so I can see faces? And if not, I totally get it if you guys can't do it, but that'd be awesome. So what do I want to talk about? Look, I I think that um, there's a lot of things that we can talk about. Number one, um, I think that uh, I like social media or uh, how many of you are familiar that over the last three to six weeks, I've become a 14-year-old girl and I'm completely obsessed with Snapchat by show of hands. Cool, actually, raise them higher, I just want to get a sense. So first, thank you all for paying attention. Second of all, um, what a lot of you are probably trying to figure out is where, where do I sit on Snapchat? Why has it become so fierce? My life and my career and the reason I think I can buy the New York Jets is predicated on one core talent. I actually think that I suck shit at 99% of things, but there's one thing that I do extremely well that luckily for me I think ends up making me successful, which is I've got a good sense of what you're gonna do before you think you're gonna do it. Right, so my first success happened in 1996. In 1996, when I launched winelibrary.com, I launched one of the first e-commerce wine businesses in America. You know, there's a lot of youngsters. As a matter of fact, how many people by show of hands, I know you're getting tired later in the day, but don't bullshit me, just give it to me. Um, How many by show of hands remember the world pre-internet? Raise your hands. Nice, so there's some old fuckers in here like me. So, if you, you that went back there, if you guys remember what I remember, literally people told me that the internet was a fad. Literally. Like, this wasn't gonna last, and what is this? And literally the first time I ever pitched winelibrary.com, the first person that asked me how I was gonna deliver wine through the internet thought that I was gonna take a bottle of wine and put it in a wire, and it was gonna show up at somebody's house. So like this is where we were, kids, back in 96. People were trying to figure it out. What I knew was that people were gonna buy wine. How many people here have done wine online? How many people here have done email marketing in their careers? Raise your hands. Great. In 1997, I had a 800,000, excuse me, in 1997, I had a 200,000 person email newsletter for winelibrary.com that had 91.2% open rates and 67% click-through. By the way, not because I'm so fucking special, it's because nobody fucking did email marketing in 1997. And we hadn't hadn't ruined email yet. Like, email was fucking pure, guys, people loved fucking email in 97. 
We read every fucking word. It was good. And then we fucking came along and ruined that shit. And basically all I'm doing right now is systematically figuring out how to ruin Snapchat. And when I say... (laughs) Fuck, I really want these lights down because your faces are legit. That's why I'm doing this, sorry. Um, When I say ruin, I mean what what I really believe more than anything. This, This whole spiel of branding versus DR, conversion versus that, I'm really fascinated. I wish I could talk to every one of you because you're anywhere from 100 and zero to the reverse of 100 and zero. For example, my clients, Toyota, Pepsi, Dove, you know, the biggest brands in the world that drive my business, right? Our clients have to pay, you know, 60 to $70,000 a month for us to do their social media, right? They're biggest brands. We're not looking for local stores, you know. These are companies that are paying me $100,000, $200,000 a month, not only for strategy and account work, but the producing of the content, the paid strategy, real fucking work, the things that they do on TV and other places. They go on the spectrum of branding extremely far, right? They think it's all branding. They don't even know if they're converting. My Mountain Dew client doesn't know if their TV spot during the Super Bowl or that picture on Instagram is really selling all the way through because they don't control 7-Eleven or Albertsons. They don't have the full funnel. A lot of us here do have the full funnel, whether we're e-com or we do our own business. So what happens with us, AKA the companies that I used to talk to back in the early days of the internet only seven or eight years ago, Living Social, Zynga, Groupon, I would talk to them a lot about, you're getting way too addicted to just math because you're playing on conversion but you're not thinking about lifetime value or brand and then as so many of you have probably felt already in your careers, if you're just winning the first result on Google or Google AdWords, guys, in 19, the day Google AdWords, just to tell you where I come from and a lot of, it's funny, I, I know I'm bouncing a little bit here, as I went hardcore on social in 9, 10, 11, 12, I, I would be negative towards Google AdWords and email marketing and banner because all my digital contemporaries were living that and they would bust my chops and I would explain to them, it's only because you're catching me in 2012. In 2001 and two and three, the only thing I did talk about was digital 1.0, email, e-com, landing page optimization. I, guys, I was doing banner ads in 1996 that were getting 13% click-throughs on certain wine sites. Right, so like numbers that are just not real, numbers that you can never replicate. I owned the word wine on Google AdWords the day it came out for nine and a half months at five cents a click before anybody bid me up. (laughs) Right, it's like laughable now because it's a fuck load of years later, but at the time, people didn't even know what Google was. I started my YouTube wine show, which is really what brought me to this world, less than a year after YouTube came out. When I would tell people I was doing it, people didn't know what YouTube was. There wasn't a single video on YouTube when I started Wine Library TV that had a million views. For the first year and a half I did Wine Library TV, nobody fucking watched, right? And so I guess what I'm thinking about is what's the difference between my behavior and the majority of the room's behavior? What is it about the way I operate that allows me to hold my breath, let's call it what it is, like, hold my breath for two to three years and allow the market to come to me. When I started VaynerMedia in 2009, when I went to Campbell's and the NHL and Pepsi to take them as clients to pitch them, literally in the room I would say, look, Campbell's, you need a Facebook fan page. Literally, I mean, just, I just need you guys to wrap your head around this. They didn't know what it was. They didn't even know what Facebook was. Like literally, thank God one person was like, I think that's that shit my kid's on in college. And so, and so, 
What I'm fascinated by is mapping every person in this room of how much do they care about brand versus DR. I have friends and homies who make lots of money, million, two million, three million dollars a year, and they're all DR, it's all math. It's just quant arbitrage, right? Whether it's landing page optimization, Google AdWords, Facebook ads, whatever it is of the moment, they're driving to a place, they're converting, and away they go. Passive income in some people's minds, not in others. It is what it is. It's a marketplace and it changes. The word wine was five cents a click at one point, then it becomes four dollars a click. It's just marketplace dynamics. I've been yelling my fucking ass off for four years about Facebook ads and a lot of people in this room, because I've been watching the Twitter stream, two, three years ago didn't believe in it because it wasn't converting as well as Google AdWords for them and thus it wasn't something they paid attention to and now they've just finally figured it out. The problem is all those CPMs and all all that attention is more expensive than it was four years ago. And so the debate that we should have in this room, understanding the makeup of this room from my point of view, is what's the timing? And more importantly, what are you trying to accomplish? So for me, the world breaks down into sales and marketing. Either, you know, they're one and the same. I was thinking about like schmarketing, but I'm working on it. <laughs> I believe in my heart mainly because I searched the hashtag and clicked a lot of your profiles on my flight here and was getting prepped for this talk, that the far majority of this room is in the sales business. They're trying to convert at a certain thing that drives certain revenue and they're trying to achieve certain short-term monies for their careers. I think a much smaller percentage is in the marketing business where, you know, at this point, whether it's my personal brand or my wine business, my wine business has done a lot of things wrong for the last seven years without me involved, but the brand was so goddamn strong that they, do, they basically have done everything wrong for seven years and yet the business is strong because it's winning on brand, right? When we talk and make fun of things that suck, they're winning on brand. You can be wrong for a very long time and have your actions be really wrong once you become a brand, but you have to have brand real brand strategies and thoughts. For example, as people in our space over the next 12 to 24 months start talking more about Snapchat, there's a disproportionate amount of people in this fucking room that are gonna think it's stupid and not believe in it because there's no functionality to quantify the direct ROI in a transaction when you're marketing on Snapchat. It's the reason so many of you missed the Instagram boat as a major play for you because each post didn't have a link out and because you couldn't track the conversion or make your sale or do those things, you didn't value it. The value curve of a transaction versus the lifetime branding of something is the disconnect and the opportunity, period. That's the arbitrage. Now, it goes horrible in the other direction. Let me show you by a show of hands. How many people in this room, when they watch television outside of live sports and the Oscars, are now watching TV on their time? Not when it airs, but you're watching Netflix, HBO Go, DVR, you're watching all your TV at this point on your time. If you're doing this, raise your hand because I want everybody to see this. Raise your hand if that's how you do it. Hold on, actually, you know what? Fuck it, I need a snap real quick. Give me a second. <laughs> Give me one second, thank you very much. Hold on, I got a concept. Hey, corporate America assholes. This is how everybody now watches TV. They're raising their hand because they don't watch it when it airs, which means they're not watching your fucking bullshit commercials. Cool. So, everybody in this room, everybody, is now watching television on their time, which means they are fast forwarding every single 
commercial. And God forbid, God forbid, I don't know, your remote control falls off your bed. (laughs) And the commercial actually airs. Every fucking person in this room grabs their phone and checks their email or tweets or checks their social. Which means, and the entire first 12 minutes of this talk has been predicated on the only thing I do for a living. The only thing I do for a living, besides try to guess what you're gonna do before you think you're gonna do it, the only thing I actually do for a living is day trade attention. Let me break this down because I really hope that two fuckers understand this and go on to make a lot of money. (laughs) I day trade attention. What does that mean? Here's what it means. Direct mail still works. It's just overpriced, right? How many people here by show of hands can't wait to leave sunny San Diego, go back home, get to their house, and carefully go through their direct mail? One. (laughs) Carol, you got some fucking problems. One. So, how can direct mail, as postage has gone up in price over the last 30 years, while we have so many other options to do things and not look at it, how can direct mail be a viable media? It is, it can work. Multi-billion dollars spent by brands and businesses to do direct mail. Some of you are sitting here saying, oh, my direct mail's working. That's great. It can, and if you have a business model that sustains the conversion rate, hallelujah, but the question always is, can you do something else with those monies to convert? Wine Library has gone completely away from direct mail and now uses Facebook as direct mail and is converting exponentially better. So, you know, this is always my problem with people that I talk to when I go on the offense on what they should be doing. They're like, Gary, but I'm making $4 million a year. I'm like, that's great, dick. What's wrong with eight? And so, and so, direct mail may be working, but direct mail on, what's the date? On, thank you, on February 9th, 2016, is not as valuable as it was a year ago, four years ago, or 11 years ago. Outdoor media, multi-billions of dollars spent on billboards all across this country. When you leave this conference, Go home and watch five people driving. Remember this talk, watch five people driving. I promise you that every single fucking passenger that you see in a car is looking down at their phone. All of them. As a matter of fact, three of the five drivers are looking at their phone. (laughs) And so, people aren't looking at outdoor media today the way they were 10 years ago. They're barely looking at the fucking road itself. And so, Tell me why billboard prices have gone up 12% in the last decade when your attention has gone completely away from it. As a matter of fact, attention is so intriguing if you pay attention to it that fast forwarding of commercials in 2015 have declined. We have declined our behavior of fast forwarding commercials because we'd rather not even spend the second to do that, we'd rather just grab our phone and not do it. So big media companies at first were like, ooh, this is great data. They're not fast forwarding anymore. Of course they are. We're just not paying attention. Attention is the game. The reason Twitter's in trouble, and it breaks my heart to say that because I built my brand on it. If there's a platform in the world besides YouTube that I really have to give 
my career to, it is Twitter. Not only did I build my brand on it, I invested very early on and made a fuckload of money, right? So I love Twitter more, I love that little fucking blue bird like you couldn't imagine. (laughs) So to stand here on February 9th, 2016 and know that in South by Southwest 2007 when I was sitting with my homie Nate and I had 5,000 followers and I said follow my homie Nate and he had 1,000 people follow him. Within an hour, that I stand here today with 1.2 million followers on Twitter, and if I said follow my homie Nate, 38 of them would follow. I learned this lesson a long time ago. In 1997, I bought an ad on luxury.com. Now remember, the internet, for all intents and purposes, is really about 20 years old. I know there's a bunch of nerds in the back saying, actually the government 1965, I know nerd. but I mean us normal people have only been on the internet for about 20 years. And so we're very early, and this was only a couple years into it. So here's this thing called luxury.com that emails me and says, you have winelibrary.com, because I was one of only two people selling wine on the internet, and they're like, we have luxury.com, and we have one million people on our email list. And at that point I had, I don't know, 7,000? And I was like, fuck. And they're like, for $20,000 we'll blast everybody. I'm like, this is it. This is it. So they're gonna send the email, they're on the west coast, luxury.com, I get the whole top of their email, this is it, I'm so pumped, I hired like eight fucking people, like we have to pack orders for the rest of my life, this is gonna be it. And, the, and then day comes and I have everybody on the schedule, like more, like more than on Christmas, it's like March 9th, and like I'm super pumped and nothing happens. And it's like 9.30, I'm like, oh wait a minute, I'm super panicking, it's like 11.30 and we got like one, no orders and I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And I'm like, oh right, they're on the west coast. They said nine o'clock, they're probably gonna send it at noon. Sure enough, that was the case, I was super pumped from like 11 to 12 Nirvana. You know like when you see a cop and you get scared for a second but then you're like cool when he drives by? That's how I was, I was like, I was like super pumped. I'm like good, I'm gonna be okay. 12 comes and by 2 p.m. we had six orders and I was like fuck me and it was the moment I understood that width is cute but depth is everything and so what's happening right now is we are all living through a very intriguing time. My friends, please take a step back and don't think about your business right now. Take a step back and be a human being and understand the following. We are living through the single biggest shift in communication in human history. This internet thing at scale has fundamentally changed everything. There are so many things that people have said in this room that they were never gonna do, that they now do, because technology is eating up the world. There are multi, if you're brave enough because you have humility and lack ego, please raise your hand right now if you were a person that once said that you would never be on Facebook. Raise your hand, raise it high. Of the people that just raised their hand, and I thank you for your honesty, how many of you are on Facebook? Raise your hand. That, that right there. The amount of people in here, now this should be much higher. How many people in this room the first time they saw Twitter said, this is fucking stupid, raise it. And right this second, a ton of you are like, Snapchat, isn't that for fucking dick pics? There 
are grown ass men in this room that are 55 years old who in the last 24 hours sent a poop emoji. <laughs> They're the same people that didn't even know what an emo- emoji was 24 hours ago, right? Like this is what I'm talking about and it's because we're living through the greatest age downification of our society. What's happening is technology is taking over. This same keynote that I gave probably at Affiliate Summit not too long ago when we were a little bit younger, brother. I walked in there and I said, look, the reason Facebook's gonna win while everybody in that room, if you remember in 07 or whatever it was, was like, fuck you, it's all Google AdWords, Google will always win, what the fuck is Facebook, never nothing else. I said, look, it's the grandma effect. The second all these 23 and 24 year olds in the next three or four years, if they stay on Facebook, because I had to see that play out, the second they start putting pictures of their grandkids on that platform, grandma's coming. And that's what happened. And the reason I'm so hot on Snapchat right now is normal people are coming. Not just 14 to 24 year olds, 39 year old dudes, 57 year old aunts, normal people are coming. And that's when a platform hits scale and it has attention. I have 27 to 30,000 people looking at my Snapchat stories, but out of all my channels, including 250,000 plus on Instagram, which has a ton of attention, there's not a channel that I can do and use today that will convert more sales or get more people to do what I want them to do than Snapchat, a platform that I've only taken seriously as a business since December. Something I've been talking about since 2013, something that I believed in for a very long time, but I would only use it with people that I knew in real life, and then I would only and never use it in business, but only since 45 days ago have I used it in that manner and that attention graph is so staggering. And my friends, that is where branding matters versus sales. I can't convert it, I can't show it. I can turn it into that. You can turn anything that does brand. Look, you can do QVC or be Guthy Ranker on television. You can make anything DR if that's what you wanna do with it. And that's fine and you should because at least it'll give you some confidence that it's there. But you have to remember it's attention. It's just attention. Google AdWords down 19% in click-throughs. Google Ads are being clicked 19% less by same users in the last year because we ruin everything. We ruined email, we're gonna ruin, we're ruining Google Ads, Google today announced no more flash banners in the next few minutes. It's the same old game. Facebook was more valuable 24 months ago than it is today. It's more valuable today than it will be in 36 months. Instagram's more valuable today than it's going to be in three years, but it's not as valuable as it was a year ago. Influencer marketing is the grossest undervalued product in the world. Right now, every person on Instagram that has 647 fans can do more for your sales and marketing than you'd ever imagine. You just need 40,000 of them, because there's no scale. And so we're living through very, very, very interesting times. And so what I would challenge you to do is to go upstairs, look in the mirror, and audit yourself. And figure out where you sit on the pendulum of sales and marketing. And the closer that you can get to 50-50, especially if you're good at sales. Remember earlier when I said, hold my breath, how did I get there? It's because I'm so fucking good at sales. It's because in 2009, nobody could sell social media to big brands, but I could. And so those couple of dollars allowed me to stay alive and get there. If you're so damn good at selling, take a percentage of those monies and invest it in your long term. To not look at branding as the long term play. Why did I start doing the Ask Gary Vee show and go back to YouTube? Why did I start doing Daily V and all this vlogging? It's building brand equity. It's brand. And over brand, 
is how you actually win. There's a big difference between Nike and Apple and their competitors predicated on brand. And there's a big difference between social media experts. I get paid $80,000 to speak. Others get 4,000. That's called brand. And so what I need people to understand and what I hope people in this room understand is there's a huge opportunity because every day that somebody's better at something than you, something else comes along and you've got an at-bat. You missed Facebook and Twitter and somebody in your space took it and won, good news, here's fucking Snapchat, right? You suck shit at Snapchat because you're weird and you don't want to make content that way and you have to wait, great. Next year there's gonna be Snapchat. And so we're living in a time where people are just building on top of the internet itself. But we can't underestimate the dynamics and we can't get lazy. Do you know how many people come and want to talk to me about the ROI of social media or Facebook and have no idea? Do you know how many arguments I've had about Instagram's ROI or capabilities in the last six months only to find out as I'm negotiating or debating with the person that they say something and I'm like, wait a minute, do you even have an Instagram account? Do you know how many of you pontificate and regurgitate headlines about shit that you don't fucking understand? A lot. And in that hyperbole and in that headline reading is where practitioners make their fucking money. And so, it is February 9th, right? Yeah, cool. 2016 and there's a lot of shit going on and a lot of opportunity. Yet, what's holding people back is drawing lines in the sand. I don't believe that social media has as much ROI. I, you listen, I had to do it to myself. Three years ago, I felt that I was going too far into my own hyperbole and I needed to go back and be smart and more disciplined about my email marketing and my SEM because I was getting a little too ahead of myself, right? So it's finding that balance of how to make this stuff work because the opportunity is substantial and there's always gonna be an arbitrage, there's gonna be always gonna be an opportunity, but it's mixing the whole thing. And, and again, I wanna make sure that we really nail down brand. Not everybody is as extroverted. Not everybody is unbelievably charismatic. You know, like not everybody, right? And so, you've gotta understand what you're looking to build around. I am not preaching for you to build your personal brand. I'm preaching for you to build brand, right? It's, you don't have to build it around yourself and I know that's the common play and people do it and by the way, if you like it, if you like the attention, if you like the cameras, if you like the accolades and the laughs, God bless, it's a lot of fun, I promise, super awesome. But there are tens of thousands of people making real fucking money building brands around their businesses that you've never heard of and that's what they've deployed it against. That matters. In parallel, while you keep the lights on and you drive your sales. My biggest frustration, especially for audiences of this makeup, is the following. If a lot of you realized that you could leave 500,000 to 2 million in top line revenue on the table because all your behavior wasn't to squeeze the orange for every penny on your conversion funnels and you deployed those monies and you built it into brand over a 36 to 48 month window, if you were good at brand, the one thing I'm worried about talking about brand right now is you gotta be good at it. Plenty of people buy Google ads. People, plenty of people try to do landing page optimization. Plenty of people buy Facebook ads. So you have to be good at it. But if you are good at it, you're building wealth instead of being rich. You know, it's funny, I always think about business. I'm a big Chris Rock fan. He had that joke about like Oprah and Bill Gates, right? And it's how I think about this, which is 
You can be rich by just playing the math, but if you can figure out brand, you can become wealthy. And that's really the question. Are you willing to leave 500,000, 1 million, or 5%, 20% of the monies each year for the next three to four years while you deploy those dollars and those efforts and energies into trying to make a double, triple win? That is basically what I've seen my whole life. There's a reason that the two businesses that I've built, and this is, forget about my opinion on stage. I, I know there's a lot of people here who don't know that much about me. Let me just ground it. There's a reason that I've run two businesses in my life, Wine Library and VaynerMedia. This is not information products, this is not a fucking mastermind, this is a retail store that sells fucking wine and an agency that works with Madison Avenue Fortune 500 companies, businesses. One went from three to $60 million in revenue in four years, let me just quantify that for you. Wine Library, when it was Shoppers Discount Liquors, did $3 million in revenue on 10% gross profit which for all you business people at home means that I had $300,000 before expenses. Luckily, Sasha Vaynerchuk didn't pay anybody anything, so there was a couple bucks left over. But I built a business from three to $60 million with no fucking money. No raising capital like all these fuckers have been doing for the last five years. <laughs> I took the little money we had and I made every fucking penny work. And I stood on the floor from seven in the morning to 10 at night, Monday through fucking Sunday, for 10 years, I punted. Do you know what it is to punt your fucking 20s? Like, like, do you know what it feels like when all your friends email you now and say you're so lucky and you have to reply because you're so fucking pissed that, that's cool, Josh, that I'm lucky, but remember when you went to the Jersey Shore and banged fucking chicks? I worked. <laughs> and so, Wine Library, three to $65 million, $60 million in sales in five years, and now VaynerMedia, which I've now personally run for four, almost five years now, and I've grown VaynerMedia from 30 to 600 employees, from three to $100 million in revenue, on 17% net profit, real fucking money. AJV gets to take a lot of money home. And so, how does that happen? It happens because my CFO hates my fucking guts. And what do I mean by that? You don't grow a business from three to 100 if you're gonna try to maximize profit every 12 fucking months. If you're not making bets and investing. If you're not building brand. If you're not trying, I started four major divisions last year. Sampling, a lot of our clients sample, yeah, here's the new chocolate, right? That shit. Live events, like you know, all my fuckers go to Coachella every year. My whole company fucking shuts down. Those kind of things. Video and paid acceleration. Live events and sampling, dead. I'm announcing that we're shutting down live events uh, next week. Hopefully none of the people paying for the live stream work at VaynerMedia. Um, uh, dead, fucking lost two million bucks. Bought a site called Lost Letterman, a sports site because we're doing more media, dead, shut it down. Lost a million bucks. But video and paid made all that money back and more because I'm on the offense. I'm not trying to maximize because I don't need to buy a fucking boat this year and I don't need a fucking Lamborghini to put on Instagram and I don't need a fucking watch because I'm building an actual business and I don't want to retire next year. And so, my punchline to this is please understand what's really happening here. Let me help you understand it. Eyes and ears are the only thing you should give a fuck about and wherever they are matters. 
Do you think this fucking matters? It matters more than anything in the world. This is the fundamental extension of your life. How many people here in every 24 hour window are always within arm's reach of their phone? Raise your hand. Look at this. Look, front row, raise it. Look, look. Seven, within arm's reach, when you're sleeping, taking a shit, it's there. <laughs> Guys, I literally am not joking when I tell you this, I'd literally rather somebody in New York City stab me in the stomach and steal my wallet than lose my phone. Now, we can all agree it's important, right? Cool. Now, 50 fucking 4% of every second of attention on this fucking thing is in a social network. You still think it's a fad? My friends, social network is a bullshit term. There is no, what the fuck is social network? Social networks is a slang term for the current state of the internet. Period. 53% of every second, and you got calendars, and you got fucking angry birds, and you got words with fucking horseshit and utilities, it's all here, yet 53% is gobbled up by like seven or eight sites. So you don't think that's important? Of course it is. And every one of them is becoming a place where you can reverse engineer that attention and sell something. The problem is, for so many people in this room, it's not as black and white as email and Google AdWords. It's not conversion. It's why you like Facebook, because it gives you that too. That's why I love Facebook. Facebook is so unbelievable. Every time I, like Facebook went down today, like I guarantee you tonight, because I have to take a car to fucking LAX and a fucking red eye to Miami, tonight I will absolutely buy Facebook stock after the rant I'm about to do, because I do it every time. Here's why Facebook's gonna win. It has attention, yes. They are vulnerable to the fact that young kids are not going on it. Cool, they took care of that. They bought Instagram, so they're good for another four to seven years. And they tried to buy Snapchat, two fucking years ago for three billion dollars. When 80% of this room hadn't even heard of it yet unless you had a 14 year old girl in your life, right? So Zucks understands attention arbitrage. It's why I bought Oculus Rift because VR is the next internet. Now VR is 15 years away and a lot of people in this room are gonna make a lot of mistakes and lose money because they think it's gonna be here sooner but it's coming, it's coming. And so, When I think about what's really happening there and all the opportunity, what Facebook provides for everybody in this room, if you have not realized that Facebook is right now the birth child of television and direct mail, that's what Facebook is. If you understand how Facebook works today, February 9th, 2016, it is the birth child of television and direct mail, AKA, the greatest execution anybody in this room can do, B2B or B2C, is the following. This is where I'm going straight practicality. I'm not giving you the rah, rah, yay, this is all so cool. Pay the fuck attention, straight practicality. If you understand who you're selling to, 28 year old women in Iowa who are Red Sox fans, 42 to 47 year old African African American male who like baseball. You know, 19 to 22 year old dudes, even though they're not supposed to be on it, I'll show you data, not what your headline says, that there's plenty of 18 to 25 year olds on Facebook. They may not check it 7,000 times a day, but there's plenty of them on it. And so, if you understand what to do, here's the punchline. Everybody here needs to figure out the most cost effective way to make a commercial which means a video, which means you're not confined by the way television is, so you can make a two, three. I actually wanna make them as long as possible, you'll understand in a minute. 
If somebody watches my four minute and 18 second video all the way through on Facebook, so when I talk about Facebook video, the headline readers here say, oh fuck, but they count every three second view as a view. Cool, yes they do, but I don't give a fuck because I have access to the data that shows me that of the four million people, 17,000 of them watched all four minutes and 18 seconds. And you know what I can do with all 17,000 of them? I can remarket to those motherfuckers with a DR call to action after I've emotionally affected them. And you know what happens? It's a funny thing. They fucking convert. And so, plenty of people think they know Facebook, plenty of people read about Facebook, but people don't have the luxury that I have, which is spending $100 million in ad spend across our clients to have a lot of data to support my hyperbole. Or a $60 million retail store where I get to see the impact on the bricks and mortars and the e-com. Or a human brand that understands what I am selling on Snapchat versus Instagram versus Facebook versus Twitter versus LinkedIn versus email versus my .com versus medium.com against my books that I want you to all buy on March 8th, please, thank you. And so, And so, this is the world I live in. I believe that I get the luxury to stand on stage in front of so many smart people for a couple of reasons. One, I'm handsome. Two, two, I'm the best fucking practitioner at February 9th, 2016 marketing because I don't give a fuck about any platform. Fuck social media. If social media doesn't have your attention tomorrow, I don't give a fuck. If you all go back to sitting around your fucking house because we had too much technology and we just sit around like it's 1957 and listen to the fucking radio, I'm fucking in. (laughs) And so the reason I go on that little rant is because I know a lot of you and you made your monies on Google. You made your money on SEO. You made your money on Facebook and you will make your money on Periscope and Snapchat and then you make a mistake. It's called getting really fucking romantic. You get real romantic about how you did it because you put in a lot of time and effort to figure it out and you're sad that shit's changing. Well, good news or bad news depending on how you roll. The market doesn't give a fuck. The market doesn't give a fuck that you spent years figuring out how to fucking href your fucking Google pages. The market doesn't give a fuck Like I did in 1999, you figured out how to get people's first names at the top of the email which tricked them into buying more shit. And the market doesn't care that I figured out Snapchat today because I figured out fucking Twitter in 2006, seven and eight and to figure out Twitter, which is why so many people didn't do it, I spent 15 fucking hours a day talking to you all you motherfucking assholes every day, all the time and that's how you figured it out. And just because now the tension has gone away, I can sit and cry about how I wasted all those years and how sad it is, or I can realize nobody gives a fuck and I can figure out the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And in that romance and in that line that you all draw in the sand, in that is where all the money is to be made. Understand? Good. So. So please please indulge me and audit yourself and deploy what really separates winning entrepreneurs from non-winning entrepreneurs, which is a very interesting word. It's called self-awareness. Know what you're good at. 
If you're a hardcore mathematician, great. Keep quanting the fuck out of things. If you're creative as shit, you better figure out that Snapchat is really right for you because that's what that's gonna be. Know yourself. Know what you're good at, reverse engineer yourself, and put yourself and the people that work for you in the best position to succeed. You got somebody charismatic and clever in your office right now? Instead of being mad that they might not be good at details, why don't you give them a phone and put them in charge of putting the Snapchat content out for you? Please eliminate romance. Please eliminate the way you want it to be. I had a funny meeting the other day. This is a good story, and then I'm gonna, I just wanna get into Q&A, so if you wanna start, oh, actually, Ryan, you're gonna come up here, so get prepped, brother. Here's a quick story, I'm gonna use this, and then we're gonna go into Q&A, because I, I wanna put details on this hyperbole. I was in a meeting the other day, the guy's the CEO of a $700 million company, and they mainly sell to 13 to 22-year-old females. So, we have a meeting, and I do this, around Snapchat and Instagram. But, because he's a fucking corporate America motherfucker, I give him a huge deck with tons of data. He likes math. We go through the whole thing and I'm basically trying to convince him that he has to do a hell of a lot less print because you know, all the 18 year old girls can't wait to get magazines and go to page 97 and look at the ad. (laughs) And a hell of a lot less Facebook, which is something we got him to do the last couple years, which was good for a few minutes and really start deploying a lot more money towards Snapchat and Instagram because that's where these people live, that's where their attention is, that's where we need to arbitrage against. We go through the whole presentation. He goes, Gary, good stuff, appreciate it. He goes, but I gotta be honest with you, I just don't get Instagram. And I go, that's great, dick, but every one of your customers does. And it doesn't matter what you get or what you want it to be. You've gotta deploy against the end consumer. Regardless of how you want it, the market is moving and it's marketing and it's moving fast. When you look at that age downification, because of the grandma rule, do you know that the fastest growing demo of individuals taking selfies on Instagram right now are 42 to 48 year old females? Literally, literally cougar selfies dominating. And so we all, this is not how I thought I was gonna roll at 40. I thought I was gonna be fucking dead when I was 20. Like I thought that was old as shit. We are living much younger lives. If you map the average 42 year old American female in what she does, what she wears, where she goes out, what she spends her money on, she acts like a 29 year old American female only 10 years ago. If you're lucky enough like I am to sit here right now and you know what your parents were like at the age that you are right now, If you're fortunate enough that you know how old you are and you knew or can remember your parents at your age, you are stunningly younger than them. And that's because technology is dragging us down. And if you wanna keep up with the Joneses and be a part of society, you have to figure it out. And for us marketers and sales and business people, this is gonna play out. It's already starting to play out and and what I'm really focused on and why I'm sitting here a little longer is it's gonna play out more than you think. Four and a half hours is still spent on television by the average American. Four and a half hours a day. Two of three of those hours are in real, real jeopardy in my opinion over the next 10 to 15 years. How many people here are retiring in the next 10 years? And I don't mean you're gonna fucking crush it and retire. (laughs) I mean, You're fucking old and you're finished. (laughs) Raise your hand. 
Who's out in 10 years? Raise it. Okay, good. So four of you. So for the rest of you, if you think a lot of shit has gone down in the last 10 years, wait till you see the shit I'm looking at. I'm running a $100 million venture fund now, so I do my startup stuff, as some of you know. Wait till you see what's actually coming next. I mean, none of this shit existed. You know, if you go back 15 years, not Google, not Facebook, not mobile devices, none of it existed. Didn't exist. I mean, all the things that are coming, the smartification, the, do you know how interested I am in tourism? Do you know that VR in 15 years is gonna make your brain think that what you're seeing in your VR device, which will probably be contact lenses, is 98.5% real? So what does that affect? That affects the tourism industry? Like, I don't know. If I actually can sit in my house and put on contact lenses and it feels like I'm at the Eiffel Tower, maybe I don't wanna spend all that money to go do that, right? It affects movies and gaming. You know the porn guys are gonna go there real quick. <laughs> so it's gonna affect relationships. And so I think we are grossly underestimating where things are going. In 2007, I talked about a lot of shit at Affiliate Summit, and Sean, I watched that keynote, and I don't watch my shit too often, because what I remember about that keynote more than anything, maybe more than anything in my career, was the audience was not buying, because they were in Affiliate and Google math, and the social stuff didn't seem right enough. What's interesting to me is watching that conversation play out, it's become very obvious how things are gonna go. And to me, if you can pattern recognize, you can make a lot of money. This is gonna happen, whether I say so, whether you want it to, it's just data. 150 fucking million people a day, a day, are spending multiple, multiple minutes and hours watching videos on Snapchat. How do you disrespect that? I'll tell you how, because you haven't figured out how to monetize it yet. That doesn't mean the platform's wrong, that means you're fucking wrong. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thirsty? Really? Thank you. So, you guys, you guys want some? Wait, 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 where are you going? We ain't done yet. No, no, Sit back down. We got some Q&A time here. No, no, let them go. Let them go. I just want to tell the, I want to, or leave. I want to tell the 15 of you, you're fucking up. Yeah. Because the good shit's coming now. I'm telling you, dude, wearing a tie, sit your fucking ass down. (laughs) Let's go. He's actually doing it too. If you have a question, if you have a question, we've got some mic stands. There, 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 they're kind of everywhere. Go ahead, hop up right now. Uh, Get in line. We're going to try to get to as many many of them as we can. Let me me throw a quick right hook. While you're waiting, everybody who's not already using it, download Snapchat right now and follow me. You're not gonna know how, because the UI is very weird the first time you're on it, but you should. How many of you guys followed Gary on Snapchat while he was doing this? Yeah, there you go. Um, okay, I you, loved, you I, get the first yeah, yeah, couple Yeah, I get the questions. first couple. First, I, I love what you said about people saying, I don't get it. Yes. I think that is one of the most dangerous things that we as human beings, it's like you immediately shut yourself off uh, to, to creativity. Uh, and, and so just to, uh, and this is not so much a question, more of a statement. If you ever hear yourself say, you know, I, I don't get it, and dude, you say it in kind dude, of a flippant way. Dude, this is your conference. Uh, you, you can come and talk shit all the time. Ask questions. What the fuck are you doing? 
I just wanted to make that. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Okay. Like, like this is one of us has a foot on the stool. The other <laughs> one. Right. I'm ready to throw down. Yeah, there you I'm go. I'm working out. So, so here's, um, so here's a, a question for you. Yeah. How in with everything that's going on, right? Where it, it rewards those who are out there, who are very public, who are very, very vocal, who have that that influential brand. How do you get credit for being quiet? I mean, oftentimes in I, life. I, th I think this is guys. There are far more people making money that are quiet than there are people that look like me. It's not even close. It's data. How do you do it? You mean the majority of the world? Yeah, but okay, so but if you're a brand and you want to do this, is it about, is it about finding someone you know, in your office that can be that voice? No, I think, about... I think it's about building the logo. There's no Nick Nike. There's Nike. Right. Right? Like, like you don't need to build it around a person. We, we in this space. Yep. Default because there's so many personal brands monetizing personal brands, but to build your brand, you know John Deere, you know or Reebok or you know Sun Chips or you know these are just brands. Build the brand or law firms or clients, you know, Ogilvy or even VaynerMedia. I mean the big joke at VaynerMedia now is how many people come into the office as clients and have no idea I even exist. The brand in Madison Avenue and Fortune 500 is bigger than me, and I'm pumped. Like that's what you're supposed to do when you're trying to scale. Yep, very cool. Why do you think Snapchat won? What was it about, what it, and, and continues to win, right? Like, because Facebook scale. had it. Scale, But why, why did it scale, right? Because, like why because did the kids, it, I mean, why did the cool it was kids easy. start playing with it? it? It was just, you know, it was the right time in maturity for Facebook where 15 to 19 year olds were like, I don't wanna do that because I don't think my seven year older brother is that cool and I definitely don't think my fucking mom is cool. So it's really nightclub New York City dynamics and it will continue. Snapchat in seven years is gonna be, you know, old people place and something's gonna come across. But it had multiple things. Number one, it was another place to hide from mom and dad with the shit that you wanna do. Two, it disappeared. You know what's so funny? People are like, oh, but it disappears. Yeah, you mean like the way we actually communicate with each other? Snapchat is far more similar to the way humans communicate than Twitter or Facebook. Right. And so it won on that, it won on the scale of just word of mouth and not, Evan Spiegel did an amazing job keeping it pure and not like over branding it and turning it into a business too quick. Um, so just won on those things. So there will be another Snapchat. There will be another generation that comes up. I believe so. And it's just incumbent upon us. Here, if we want to continue staying here, out there. Just here, here's how I see it, guys. It. I think this is the television in 1965. If you, I'd actually like, I know a lot of you are like, whatever, just really pay attention to this because this might be one of the better things I say. This, this is the television in 1965. And the TVs, they're the radio, right? So people, and if you go and stuck, so what I do well, for somebody who's a shit student, the one thing I do study is history, because history loves to repeat its fucking self, right? And so, if you go look at the brands, the beer brands, that were romantic about staying on the radio because that's how they did it, and didn't shift to television, while things like Miller Lite that nobody's ever heard of went TV only and became the brands. If you look at TV 1965, that's what I think this is. And I think YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and Snapchat are ABC, NBC, and CBS. So do I think, oh, and then I think I, within it, is MASH and Happy Days. 
Got it? So that's the system. So do I think over time ESPN comes around and HBO comes? I do. There will be more channels built on this platform and there'll be more competition. That's what's happening. And so what you need to do is, for your business, figure out the channels where you could be the star of that network. Yeah, really. You like that, right? Was that helpful? That's good. That was some good stuff. I got it. I like that. Yeah, I like that a lot. So let's go. Let's, let's pick some questions on the crowd. Would you want to start on one side? Yeah, yo, ladies. Gary, I got a question Yo, for yo, you. yo, yo, ladies first, dude. <laughs> my bad, my bad. Go ahead, darling. Uh -huh. He does have a huge beard, though. He does. So he goes next. All right. He could be hiding a knife in there or something. Gary, my question is, you have for your book marketing... Can you get, can you get the mic closer? Yeah. For your book marketing right now, for your book launch, you have an entire barter page set up. Yes. For the street team and everything. And for podcasts, we are doing the bulk orders and for live events. But what about authors who have a much smaller following, maybe 10, 20, 30,000 people in their list? How can they do something similar to be able to move books in a creative way? they can do the same thing I'm doing. I started that barter thing which has become a f big standard for bigger personalities with Crush It when I was small. Mm. You know, and the numbers just look different. Now, to even get me to like record my voice for your alarm is 50 books. When I did Crush It seven years ago, if you bought three books, I'd fucking come and babysit your fucking kids, right? <laughs> so, that sounds like a great prize. So, yeah, it sounds like. Yeah. <laughs> I got, I got four of them, you got, so you could lose a couple and we'd be all right still. That's why we had multiple ones. So, so to answer your question, I think you need to recognize your worth of where you feel your brand's at and create different models and maybe it's a two book deal, an eight book deal, and a 12 book deal. I think I topped out at 500 for Crush It, which was like literally like I will become your best friend and now I start there because I've been able to grow and have, it's just supply and demand, no different than the attention thing, but you should do it because it gives you a framework, especially if you keep doing it. The other thing I did to make Crush It Worth It was I did it and then I didn't rely on my audience. I went out and sold it like a salesman and so you can create it and then go and sell it instead of just hoping people land on it. There's way too many people that are obsessed with scale, right? Let's run Facebook ads to my barter page and whatever happens, happens. There's just not enough actual working the phones, going to conferences, calling people, emailing. The way I sell my most books is by literally sitting down for normally two straight days, straight, 18 hour day, 36 hours within 48 hours, and go in my address book of my email, sit there, type the letter A, start with the first name, decide what my relationship with that person is, and then email them. And I go as low as, hey man, I have a new book coming out. This is somebody I barely know or I've interacted once or twice. I'd love for you to check it out and maybe leave a social review up to like, hey dickface, if you don't buy 5,000 books, you're fucking dead, right? And so, that's a, Then the know, good friends get that one. That's right. Yeah. And so, <laughs> I would tell you, the single best way to sell books is to actually sit down and do the non-scalable things instead of the scalable things. Thank you. All right. All right the man beard, with dude. a knife hidden in his beard. Well, I apologize. Ladies first, beard second. <laughs> uh, with that being said, Gary, you hit the nail on the head when you alluded to video being the future and that, uh, you know, people's attention spans are just fucking rapidly shrinking these days. So it's Be careful. Be careful. I actually think that that is a misnomer. Well, their attention spans are shrinking when I think it comes to reading content that's boring. Like, they want to see video. And if you can lock them in in the first, you know, couple seconds of a video, like you said, you have a four-minute, 18-second video. That's taking someone's attention on board for 258 fucking seconds. That's a long-ass time. <laughs> so where do you see uh, the sweet spot?
but obviously it's platform dependent and you're not gonna have a two minute video on a 15 second Instagram whereas Snapchat's different. But when we're talking just Facebook, how do you see uh, you know, your audience? Where is the spot that you want to have a video before you pull them in and you have those 17,000 leads to be able to follow up with? So I think the thing with Facebook that people have to understand is you have to create video that's native for the platform. The reason I wrote Jab, 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 Right Hook was because people were using social networks as distribution instead of creating for it. So there's a very different vibe and context that you have to make videos for as any brand. Even if you're, if you're Burberry, you still have to make Snapchat videos in a much more authentic, childish, you know, kind of street way than you make your Facebook video, right? So first and foremost, when I think about Instagram, Snapchat, and Facebook videos, I think about the room and the psychology of the person while they're in that room with the video. Specifically, tactically, if you don't have the first three second of your video strategy for Facebook, you're an idiot. You have a hundredth of a second to get these people in a feed. Those first three seconds are fucking everything, including the copy, including how you do it. How many people here have watched Ask Gary V on Facebook? Just raise your hand. Thank you, first of all. Second of all, you guys all know, I'm always recording something like that's like, stop! Like I'm trying to stop your actual feed because I know that the speed's there. So my strategy within a Facebook environment, the sweet spot is not necessarily the length, but what the first three to four seconds are and what the copy is, because I don't even get your attention or consideration for it unless I do that. On top of which, the ad planning and the targeting, like if I'm targeting seriously good looking dude with huge fucking beard that might go to a conference in San Diego, oh, I'm gonna man. get you. Yeah. Got good it? Shit. So, so the planning, the planning of who I'm trying to get and then the first three seconds, that's what matters the most on Facebook video. Good shit, man. You got it, brother. I feel like you and I get very different questions when we're up here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> From very different people. Brand. Absolutely yeah. has a knife in his beard. Go ahead. No beard, no knife. I'm yeah. safe. <laughs> I'm Sebastian Knight from thefrenchmarketer.com. And um, my concern is about the brand stuff that you mentioned. Um, we are reaching hundreds of thousands of people. and. I want to reach millions, and I'm using my personal brand, so I'm connecting with people on Facebook Live and doing all of that. But the quality that Facebook Live allows me to do, for instance, is way, I would say, it's a lower representation of the brand than what I would do if I was doing my usual video. And like, is that, might that be a problem for the congruence of the brand as we go to a bigger audience? I think human beings should be very careful about trying to go too luxurious, right? Okay. So like if you're trying to put yourself into a more serious place or a higher visual quality, you know, look, you're talking to a dude who did 1,000 episodes of a wine show where it literally looked like I was a hostage in Afghanistan. <laughs> <laughs> like there was no lighting. I didn't use a mic. Like, there was zero editing, like, and so I'm, I'm always gonna believe that the content, you know, even with DRock now, if, if, for the people in here that follow me, they always hear me making jokes about the lighting and things of that nature. I never wanna tell people what they should or shouldn't do. I will say this, I think it is dangerous, and I've watched very carefully on this for the last 10 years, of people trying to propel themselves to a higher quality and status uh -huh. because they become less authentic to the end user and I think they're leaving a lot of opportunity on the table and they're spending a lot of time and infrastructure on shit that doesn't matter. 
Facebook Live will let you do the quality you want if you put it in a studio, set it on a tripod, set it up. I mean, there's plenty of like ability for you to make it fancier than just walking around, but you're leaving a lot of content serendipity and just compatible and like acceptance instead of putting you on a pedestal. A lot of people want to monetize that pedestal. That pedestal is a lot more dangerous than I think people realize. So you think it's better to monetize the like one-on-one feel of the video rather than... Look, I think everybody should roll the way they want to roll, right? Like, you're dressed sharp as fuck. Like, I'm only... Thank you. I'm only French. Yeah. have to. I get it, but like, only funerals is how... Like, that's a funeral getup for me. That's about it. But, 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 it works for you, and so you need to be you. But I would, I would be very careful, very careful to disrespect the platform over yourself. Unless you're fucking Jaguar or Tiffany's, like, it's awesome that you are who you are, but I think Facebook is more important than you in that equation, and I think you need to adjust to it more than they need to adjust to you. Thank you. You're welcome. Hey, darling. Hi, Gary, I'm Hillary. You asked about, or you encouraged us in hopping on emerging platforms. Yes. And then also creating our own commercials, TV shows, so I wondered- And let me just say one thing before you go any further on emerging platforms. I love emerging platforms. I'm spending a ton of time right now analyzing after school, musically, tons of other things. I encourage, when I go and put my name behind something, like I'm doing right now with Snapchat, I don't consider 150 million active monthly users emerging. Got it? What I'm good at is talking about today while everybody else is waiting. Mm-hmm. Right? I've been talking about, you know, I don't know how many people follow me here, but I've been getting a kick out of showing my 2000, you know, 13 points of view on Snapchat to show how long I've, this is not a spur of the moment thing. I'm encouraging people here to go on platforms that are relevant today instead of waiting two years after they're relevant. Got it? It's not emerging to me. I haven't even gotten that loud about Periscope and Meerkat and Facebook Live even though they're very strong. Like, I wait to- That was gonna be my question. Interesting, go ahead. What is it? So I wondered how you, what your thoughts were on Periscope and its competitors as far as the need and strategy and future. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm very intrigued by it. I love live video. I think Ustream back in 2009 was a big brand builder for me, even more so maybe than YouTube and Twitter, believe it or not. I think a lot of people are doing it. I, I've been stunned by how bad at least by my, like, I'm just one person, but like, boy, there's a lot of shit content because people, it, live is hard. Live is hard, but I think the people that break out in live, whether it's Periscope or Facebook Live that win, look, I wrote a huge check into Meerkat. You know, it's funny. I wrote a $5 million check in my fund into Snapchat at a $15.5 billion valuation. So I can do well, but a lot of my buddies were like, oh, you're just pushing Snapchat because you're an investor. I'm like, I'm not pushing Meerkat where I have way better finances because I'm using Periscope and Facebook Live because my word is more valuable than any individual investment. So I do think it's gonna be Facebook Live and or or Periscope that win because they've got the scaled platforms. Um, I think they're very intriguing platforms. I get a lot of value out of them. I like it. I do think people should try to do it. Live is hard. Um, but if you're capable and you're enjoying it, I would bet on it because I think it also is at enough of a scale that you're not taking a big risk. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay. Hello. Okay. You're up? Yep, you're up. Yeah, okay. Um, hi, Gary. Hi. Um, so basically, um, 
my okay so uh, you know you spent a lot of time uh, evangelizing snapchat yes and not just here but uh, at other platforms where i've been seeing you you yes. have been talking about snapchat yes now my 19 year old sister uses a lot of snapchat but now that she's 21 she stopped using it so um <laughs> maybe because she's drunk as fuck <laughs> <laughs> it's a okay. correlation versus causation yeah, kind of thing, right? So go ahead, go ahead. Okay, so my question is that I can just go, go ahead and open a Snapchat account right away. But um, I want to understand that uh, what, what, does, um, you know, what does Snapchat really mean for, uh, for a business that is, um, that is a WordPress consultancy and serving other businesses and agencies? What, what would it really mean for uh, a company like that? So I think for a B2B business on Snapchat, it's... Uh, I'm gonna give you an analogy that some of you will get, some of you won't. One of the most fascinating ad campaigns of the last 30 years, in my opinion, was when ESPN, in the late 80s and early 90s, started to make commercials about their office and their sportscasters. The reason they did that was because they knew that Fox and CNN were about to launch rival sports networks, and they knew that anybody could cover Michael Jordan and Ken Griffey Jr., that was commoditized. But if they got us to care about Keith Oberman and Stuart Scott and Dan Patrick, that that was their competitive advantage. I literally am throwing you for a curveball here, but this is my actual belief. I believe there's a company in here that is a B2B company that could open up a Snapchat account for their company, hand it off to the most charismatic and fun people in the office, and do their version of the office, which would then be watched by a small group of people if they started to promote it in other channels within the B2B landscape, and that people liking you guys would lead to business. So, you know, a lot of people are like, well, you can't do it. You can. Now, you'd have to be likable. You'd have to know how to make content. You'd have to know how to use all your other channels to get, and by the way, all you need is a B2B company. How many, you have a B2B company? Yeah. How many current clients do you have? Uh, well, we serve agencies, basically. And, Good. Uh, uh, we have a team of 13 people uh, based in India. How many agencies are buying your product? I mean, is it 50, is it 100? I mean, I'm yeah, not. Yeah, about 50 to 100. Great. Yeah. All you need is another 50 for your business to be substantially bigger. So you don't need 30,000 views when you're paying consumer like I am. You need 80 people to just sign up and follow and pay attention and to think that Stan in accounting is a real fucking hoot. <laughs> and so I think, I think more people that understand that Snapchat is a version of YouTube 2006, but back to the nice French gentleman, a lot easier to produce. Once you get it, Snapchat's been interesting. Twitter, people didn't get, and people never got. Like, I've watched it. Like, if you understand how small Twitter is when television, which is the biggest platform in the world of attention, has fallen over itself for the last seven years promoting Twitter, for Twitter to be the size it is, speaks to it being broken. Snapchat's been very interesting for me to watch because people really don't get it the first day or two, but when they get it, they're stuck. My 40-year-old brother-in-law, who is my brother-in-law, so he knows all this stuff, he's, he's living in Snapchat now in a world where he would have never followed the other things. So I, I would say making content that's compelling, but look, I'm doing business content. You're more than welcome at 10, cents a, 10 seconds at a time to put out content of how to use your product, best practices. You can go a lot of places with it. You can go to the office route, you can go with you know, kind of like a, a, you know, a, a simulcast kind of information play. It just depends on where you wanna go creatively. But I will tell you, I will tell you this. 
over the next five years, the platform's gonna matter. There's gonna be a lot of attention on it. Right, thank you. Your sister so, will be back. <laughs> when she sobers up. <laughs> we'll bring her back. So with this, I think uh, you know, we'll go on YouTube and Snapchat and let's be friends, thank you. You're welcome. By the way, as a quick tidbit that I've been telling a lot of people, you should go to YouTube and search how to use Snapchat. A lot of you, like it doesn't come natively, it's just a different platform for a lot of people. Like YouTube is the second biggest search engine in the world and, and to, in my opinion, the, the best to teach people how to do things because of the way most people map to visual and audio. So if you want a quick hack to be up to speed on this, by tomorrow morning you would understand it if you watch 15 minutes of content. What's up, brother? Hey, my name is Billy Jean um, from BillyGeneasMarketing.com. A little closer on the mic. I have a Facebook ads agency up the street from here. But Gary, I actually wanted to come up here just to commend you, man. I sat next to you uh, at a bar and like, a couple of years ago it was a Nick Unsworth event and you were sitting there and I was there for him and I had no idea who you were but we sat next to each other for like 15 minutes and then you were the guy speaking, you were the keynote at the time, I had no idea who you were but you just <laughs> were the same dude, I mean you had so much energy but you didn't really have the authority and the brand that you have now and then I've literally followed you since that day and dude your hustle is so inspiring like the way you put out a thousand episodes of Ask Gary Vee or whatever it is, it's crazy man to see how much it's actually made you and the revenue has brought you in and how your agency has grown. But like to see you actually not just talk about it, but sit next to you when we were in a room full of 100 people, now to 3,000 people, and then you come up here and you just kill the stage. It's just, I just want to tip my hat to you and on behalf you so of everyone much. here. It's like, dude, you're the truth. So I'll say Thank that. you so much. Thank you, brother. Thank you. How are you gonna follow that up, orange shirt? <laughs> <laughs> and now for a selfish question. So, Go. Uh, yeah, actually. <laughs> but I do want, that inspires a greater share of uh, vulnerability for me, actually. So I actually resented you and didn't want to listen to you because you were so all about the hustle. And I was actually trying to get out of the hustling and try to find the answer and info Right, the answer. You know, all. passive income, smoking weed in Jamaica while shit just comes in. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, is that not how it works? <laughs> yeah, just go on Instagram. That's They'll tell you. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, thank and, you. Go ahead. Yeah. Anyway, so now I'm actually really loving you and enjoying you, um, and I like your raw take on human nature. And so, your raw take on human nature makes me actually drop all my assumptions and all my paradoxes of reality and just listen to you. Um, and so, I'm really curious um, with my business being all about breakups and heartbreaks and humans. I'm curious, um, I'm not really, I, I don't need a tactical question on like how to integrate with Snapchat, yep. I don't really give a shit. Yep. I just mean, um, what's your take on something so fundamentally human and emotionally rich and well, compelling? Well, let's go, let's do what I normally do in scenarios like this. This is how I think about business and why I consult and why I invest. So it's a really interesting, so first of all, top line, if you're talking about breakups and relationships and things of that nature, you're at the tippy top of emotion, which is immediately interesting business, right? Like there's a lot to be done. I guess my next question would be, instead of doing something you don't give a shit about, which would be a tactic, leveling that up to a strategy, I have to understand what you're trying to do backwards. I think the biggest mistake for so many people in this room is you don't know what your finish line is. And if you don't know what your finish line is, you can't reverse engineer it to make what happens. I know that I want to buy the New York Jets. So three years ago, I sold 30% of VaynerMedia when it was doing 14 million in revenue and I knew it would do 100 in two seconds. 
because the person that wanted to buy it owned the Miami Dolphins and I wanted to get into the ecosystem. So I left tens of millions of dollars on the table because I know what my finish line is and I've mapped my behavior. And now, I'm very friendly with 11 owners. If I ever amass the wealth, I'll easily get voted in. And so that's how I'm thinking. So me as a proxy there, I don't, think, I don't know if you want to buy the New York Jets or things of that nature, but <laughs> trying, trying to, on a more granular level, how do you want to, at least short term, how do you want to monetize? What are you trying to sell? Your coaching advice, a product, a service, what are you doing? Yeah, a combination of products, services, and uh, soon-to-be supplements. So I think, I think the thing that you need to really think about is building awareness. And I think awareness comes through content. I, I just think people grossly underestimate content. And you know, it's super ironic because it's funny that that was your, like, I do think Snapchat has a real opportunity. You know, let me give you an example. Mike, my personal trainer, 18 months ago I decided to take care of my health. I hired a full-time health employee. Travels with me the whole fucking nine, right? He does, you know, he's done really well. He should be fucking paying me. His business has gone 5X because he just hangs around Boehner. <laughs> I'm actually quite bitter about it. So anyway. <laughs> Anyway, so he's been doing Facebook and YouTube and doing all this stuff and definitely like playing my blueprint. Since January 4th, Snapchat has sold more people to his platform of $400 a month online health coaching than anything he did in Facebook or Google for two and a half years. Right? Like, like seriously. Like even that's surprising to me. We're talking about seven weeks. It just has that much attention. And I guess health coaching is more of a human thing and it makes sense. I actually weirdly think it's, it could be ironic in a continuation of our story that the thing that you said, I don't care about the tactics on Snapchat, I actually think if you're capable or somebody in your organization is capable to produce content in that environment, that there could be a really gate, great gateway drug to that. I also think that if you marketed against people whose relationship status went from in a relationship to single, and ran Facebook ads with the right creative against that demo on a daily basis, your fucking business would explode. That's not a targeting feature yet, but I'm praying for it. It's coming. Cool. And so that targeting feature <laughs> is literally 40 seconds away. Sweet. Yeah, so just wait and fucking smoke weed in Jamaica until it comes out. Thank you. <laughs> or maybe do like one more row. Cool. Clock's gonna get My us. man. Hi Gary, welcome to San Diego, man. Thanks for coming out, making Thanks the trip. For, dude, I love, how many people here from San Diego? Dude, I fucking love San Diego. The Jets have won two huge playoff games here. <laughs> you see what he did there? See what he did there? He set you up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you took the yeah, bait. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah, at least it's not orange, right? <laughs> Go ahead, so, my man. Uh, one of our brands, one of my brands, we have about a thousand, under a thousand orthodontic locations. And orthodontists are different than dentists because they deal with a lot of kids. You have to yep. recirculate patients yes. and, and whatnot. So when we found out that you were going to be here in one of our groups, I said, hey, going to get a chance maybe to ask Gary a question. What would you ask? And so their, their question, I think was, you know, I could have probably guessed. But I think what's cool about you, dude, is the way your goggles work is what manifest your actions, it's your viewpoint. And so the question that they, and I'll try and interpret this as best I can, is ask Gary, go back to when you were helping your dad. Yep. Now, imagine you couldn't do it for him, but imagine that he would take your advice. And imagine he would do whatever it is that you needed him to do. Now, imagine he's an orthodontist. Yep. And now imagine, <laughs> right? Now imagine he's today. It's, this is happening right now. They said, ask Gary, 
if I was Gary's dad, and it was an orthodontist, and it was today, what would he be doing to help us move the needle if he was our kid? I'm like, And these right. are orthodontists that have offices in local places all over the country? Uh, yeah, we have, we're under about 1,000 locations right now, but there are- And this to, is the gateway to get people to, to get moms to bring their kids into the orthodontist? You're talking a lot of 14-year-old kids with a sort of rite of passage sort of thing going but on. But I assume the mother is making the decision in that business decision to which orthodontist they're gonna use. It's, it's interesting, you can market to both and they can kind of get them to communicate to you each You could, other. and yeah. so I, I think what you do is, I don't know the business well enough, but I, I, I've, I've had two toy clients, the two biggest toy companies in the world, and I keep arguing with them. They keep wanting to market to the kids, which only because of laws in America, which would also apply to you, because mm-hmm. of the way advertising to kids works here, mm-hmm. that means they can only run TV commercials on like Nickelodeon, right? And so. I've been arguing to them that the mom is much more of a decision maker in that household. If it was my dad and he was an orthodontist and I was 20 today, I would, I would convince him to move an enormous amount of money to Facebook and I would spend it all on 42-year-old mom with kids in a one-mile radius of our locations because that feels like the quickest practical way to more dollars that in year two would allow me to take 20% and maybe start playing towards the kids a little bit right? After School is a really fascinating platform right now that I'm paying attention to that is basically high school Facebook. Um, You can only be in high school. You have to prove it with your high school ID. That could be an interesting platform, but they don't advertise yet, but I would keep an eye on it and wait for them to open because whoever land grabs first is going to underpay. So those would be coming. But I would go all in on Facebook ads against millennial moms is fucking gold. Big time. Gold. Cool, and then the girls just wanted to make sure you actually are married, right? So yes. I, okay, I was correct. Are you making, this is about no. to get real. Married. Did you yeah. see what's about to happen? We're getting real in the Whole Foods part. <laughs> Thanks, Gary. Appreciate Thanks, brother. You. Yo. Hey, dude. Um, hey, dude. So I own a few e-com businesses that sell physical pro- uh, products. Yep. And I heard you talk briefly about affiliate marketing. Yes. Oh, no. uh, sorry, um, mini influencer marketing on yes. Instagram. Uh, where they have like 600 to like 2,000 yes. followers. Um, I, one of my businesses, I, I sell jewelry to women. Yes. And I was thinking, uh, my idea was to basically find hot chicks and sell them free products. <laughs> yeah, period. Yeah. And but keep going. And send them a free product <laughs> and, and hope that they post it on their Instagram page because they, they'll influence their uh, followers. Um, but you said you need 40,000. Just remember people. that a lot of hot chicks have a bunch of fucking creeper dudes following them. I know. Them. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Um, and that's a serious point, by the way. I'm giving you something right away. Yeah. We do a lot of influencing to females, and pretty girls do well with converting other women into the funnel, but be careful because a lot of them don't because, you know, it's all scum buckets. <laughs> you know, so. Got it. Um, well, you also there's, talk- a, there's an app called Ground Signal that you should look at that will give you scale against the targeting terms that you want and that long tail that you need. Otherwise, it'll take 20 humans a million years. Crowd signal. Okay, yeah, that was the answer to my question. I, I wanted to know how to quickly get 40,000 mini influencers ground, in your network. Ground signal. Got it. All right, thanks, buddy. You got it, brother. Ground signal? Yep. You can find that on the World Wide Web? That's the thing. All right. What's up, my man? Hey, Gary. I wonder, uh, where is grandma going after Snapchat? I Death? <laughs> Uh, so, so grandma, grandma is Facebook. 
Facebook, Facebook, Facebook. Grandma's not even thinking about Snapchat yet. If you're asking me after Snapchat, if Snapchat's able to get to where I think it could and get to modern grandma 10 years from now, which is really 49-year-old female now, 59, you know, I mean, we're talking 20 years before I would be thinking about what's grandma going to after Snapchat. Grandma right now is really entrenched in Facebook. One of the things that would blow you away, I've started investing in and advising companies that are targeting 50 to 90 year old Americans because Facebook is so good for that demo. Because the good thing about grandma is, and it's not even on her phone though, it is more and more every day, grandma's going through that newsfeed nice and slow. What, uh, what I was really asking it's also so is... so creepy, the way you just said that. It's just true. No, no I'm not just... What's go the, ahead. What are, what are two or three uh, platforms to look for in the next two or three years? Just in general? I think I mentioned them. I think the two emerging platforms that could become as big as Snapchat um, or the next big thing are Musical.ly and After School. So I would look at those two. Uh, I think it's going to be really fascinating to see if Jack Dorsey can turn Twitter's product around, which would then start a five-year process of them re-emerging. But I think spending time worrying about that is super insignificant. I think there's so much work to be done on Facebook, Instagram, emerging Snapchat, email marketing, Google, content, medium.com to write long-form content to convert. There's so much to be done now. It's kind of, you know what you basically asked me? Hey Gary, MASH or Seinfeld's the number one show now and I want to do commercials. What's gonna be the number one show in four years? I don't know and who gives a fuck, right? Let's just run the best commercials while people are watching Seinfeld and then we'll worry about when ER comes along. Perfect, thank you. You got it. Yeah, two more, unfortunately. I gotta be the bad guy. Really? I thought we we had 640. Okay, let's just go. You wanna go to 640? Yeah. Yeah, What's up, my man? Long time listener, first time caller, love you, love your show. Thank you. Um, <laughs> little radio shout out. That was I've, good. Actually, I've actually changed my question three times since I've been up here, but I'm going to go with this one. <laughs> um, I've heard you say, I don't know if it was a couple years ago or how long it was, but you kind of made a prediction and you were talking about Amazon and how you predicted that Amazon would one day take Walmart down. And so I, since this is theoretically a room full of internet marketers, I was wondering what your thoughts are there and what could a, a, a room full of a lot of information marketers, consultants, lead generators, that are trying to get more towards branding, learn from Amazon, which is doing some amazing things right now, and where are you at with that? That, that was just infrastructure costs. What I, think they, what I knew was gonna happen is that consumer behavior was shifting and we were going towards an on-demand economy. I mean, you know, really the only vulnerability Amazon has is whether it was Wish or whether it was Uber. Like, we are gonna demand in a decade to have every single product we want within the hour. Like, all of it. And so what I just knew that was that Walmart had all its costs and infrastructure in locations and every day that goes by, more people are gonna buy online. I also knew that people were moving into cities. So if you look at the trends of where people wanna live now, it's more and more city culture. All the cities are re-emerging, Detroit, it's just everywhere. So, and it's still not over yet. It's funny, I took a lot of flack for that. It was five years ago. I was pretty emphatic about it. And when Walmart closed all their stores the other day, I got a windfall of emails. And, and it's still gonna take time. And well, look, Amazon's gonna open stores. Amazon's gonna open stores. So it's not about bricks and mortars. It's that when Amazon opens its stores, they're not gonna be fat. They're gonna be efficient. And that's why internet companies that open up retail stores are gonna be smart because they're gonna do pop-ups, they're gonna do lightweight, they're gonna do minimal product. When you, when you have a mature business, you get fat. 
and you just have more and more and more overhead. So there's that, and then what was the next question? What else? What was the? I, I feel like I kind of wasted my question with that one, but. Uh, okay. <laughs> no, I was just saying. Sorry, I fucked up. No, 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 not, 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 not. it was my. Um, there's internet marketers in here that are a lot of most of us are focused on direct response. Yes. And we're trying to do this convergence into branding and and I. Perfect, and, and do you think it's commerce too, or just no, branding? I'm just saying Amazon is obviously a huge internet company. Dude, dude, it comes down to what I spieled about for the first 30 minutes. I wasn't talking tactics, I was talking religion. If you're, now that I understand your question a little bit better, if you're trying to make the transition from just quant DR you know, to a brand play, you have to change your behavior. You know, I like to say if you want to be an anomaly, you have to act like one, which means you have to do different shit than everybody else. Right, so you know, if you want to be in the branding business, you have to do branding things. A la, you need to take the logo of your company and you need to email Tim Ferriss and say, can my company sponsor your podcast? And he's gonna say, cool, $8,000 an episode. And she's gonna say, fuck, right? Because you're gonna say, well, how do I quantify the math? You don't. It's kind of like for the people in here building, anybody here have a company with, that they run that has 50 or more employees? Right, so for the couple of us in this room, it's kind of the way I think about HR and, and the way I treat my people. Most of the things I do with my people are very bad business decisions. It's why, I'm, from a math standpoint, my CFO hates it, my brother hates it, and my COO hate it. But I like it because I know that if I disproportionately over-treat everybody well, that that extra two months of severance that they didn't deserve still has brand impact, got it? So if you want to get into the branding game, you have to stop counting the beans. You have to start investing in creative and stories and long-term and branding, and so you have to change your behavior. Two years ago, I wanted to lose weight and get healthier. I changed my behavior. I stopped fucking eating muffins every morning. <laughs> Do you know muffins have more calories than donuts? That shit is fucked up. <laughs> I was pissed, I was like, the corn muffin? I was like, son of a bitch. That's, it's a that, corn muffin, it should be healthy. A, that was a writer downer right there, if you guys right, didn't catch that one. Uh, hey Gary. Hey brother. If you were building an online physical e-commerce brand, yeah. like a wallet brand or a sunglass brand, how would you practically go about building that content for Snapchat right now if the brand is starting from scratch? So let's go more specific so I can really answer this for you. And I'm sorry, I can't hear it super well. You, you have a sunglass and wallet business or you were No, just... say like either or. So if you're building, you know, like all the... If you're selling yeah. a physical product. Yeah. That's in the 15 to $100 range per unit? Yeah. Is that good or are yeah. you... Yeah, $100. You know, look, I, first of all, I would, I would really focus on Instagram. Instagram is killing it for stuff like that. I mean, you look at Protein World and Shreds and like some of these companies have gone from zero to the fucking what, hover fucking boards and all that shit. Like, like the amount of wine we sell through there. Like, you could, you know, when you think about wallets or fashion, you know, it, print was a huge medium for those things, right? Page 87 in Vogue, things of that nature. I don't think anything's changed. I just think there's new platforms that took over. I look at Instagram as modern day print. I look at Instagram as Vogue and Elle and Cosmo all wrapped up into one for every female 15 to 45 in America and definitely 35 to 45 on the coasts and 15 to 30 in America. And so I would tell you to really focus on Instagram, really focus on influencers. 
Um, a lot of those influencers are starting to build up their Snapchats, but that's a commercial and that's a little bit different. Product integration, nothing's new, man. It's just that you have to have the palette to understand the kind of video content that will fly in a Snapchat environment, just like a Super Bowl commercial feels different than the commercial on local access. It's about the context of the content a lot of times. But I would go Instagram hardcore. So if you were trying to stay ahead of the curve and, and build that brand online, like movement watches, you know, all these Shopify stores Instagram. that are crushing it. Instagram. Instagram, but if you want to stay ahead of the curve and Instagram. go on. Instagram, I'm done. Because, because Instagram is ahead of the curve. Instagram might not be for everybody who's been paying attention to social media every day for four years, but your competitors, look, I'm very friendly with the founders of Warby Parker. They're not crushing Instagram yet. I'm the first investor in Birchbox. I had dinner with Katya the other night. She's not crushing Instagram yet because they also have gotten fat. Not as fat as fuck as Walmart, but they got a little love handle shit going on. And so, <laughs> and so the answer is Instagram. Cool. What's up, bro? Gary, the wine expert. My name is Octavio from Chile. We have very good quality wine. You think so. I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I'm kidding, go ahead. But very low price. Yes. Due to our very low branding. Except one company, Conchitoro. They did a strategic alliance with Manchester United. They are in the moon now. Now I am starting my agency and I have a wine company, okay? Uh, As a client. How do I help them crush it without the strong personality of a CEO or a owner as you did with your dad. So just remember, and I want people to understand this, and, and this is when lore and branding takes over reality, which is a whole other thing with branding that can be good or bad depending if you know how to control it. I took my business from three to $60 million, went three to 45 before Wine Library TV. So I did not use my personality. I didn't even say hello to the world until I was 30 years old. So what I did was everything that we've talked about for the last hour and a half. I marketed correctly today. You take a, and this is a world I know well. Do you want to market in the US? In the world, yes. The brand, yes. But like, are, are we talking US market yes. branding? Yeah. If you go to Instagram and search the hashtag wine and wine review and all that, and you deploy people reaching out to all the sommeliers that are now reviewing wine on Instagram, and you incentivize them by either giving it to them for free or if they're a little more fancy, $50 or $100 for a review and you tell them that if they don't like it, if I'm paying them, I'd say, if you don't like it, don't review it. You'd prefer they don't say it's a piece of shit, right? But if you were to do that at scale, back to that young gentleman over there also with ground signal, if you went out and hit, right now I know, a thousand sommeliers across America that are leaving a lot of reviews on Instagram, if you got your wine to them at scale, I think you could start a match that would give you an opportunity because a lot of press follow them. See, the other thing that people don't realize is when you do things right, the reason three to $50 million and the reason with VaynerMedia, when you do things right, there's momentum against that right. You did Instagram right, you got a thousand people, some of the people that follow that sommelier are us normal people and they buy it and the wine's selling, but other people are the press and then they're writing six good deal wines under $20 and they mention yours because they saw it six times on Instagram because you properly day traded attention. Got it? Awesome, thank you. Got You're it. welcome. One more um, or two more? Yeah. Let's go two more. Okay, this that guy's way, that way I, can, I know. And I, I really I know, just I wanted to get we to this dude's to hat. Him. I was like, is this, this, is this question hat. rated ARG? Yeah, <laughs> yes, that's good. Um, 
So my question Wait is a minute, you weren't joking that the first one of these were just shit jokes the whole time. Yeah, no. <laughs> they're, all, they're all like this. Um, so my question is regarding the um, kind of like the emerging platforms for content recommendation discovery. I'm not sure if you're familiar with them, like Outbrain, Taboola, Ref Content. No, they're it's like, super well, man. Okay, awesome. So just, just your opinion on those and where you see those going and, and, and if we can it's use those. It's just another marketplace, right? Like fucking, how long have you been jamming in that world? Uh, about three years. Well, then you fucking know what three years ago it was compared to what it is today. Right. Right? And so what you need to realize and think about is, you know, is it still exactly worth, like, it's just, right? It's just when does it flip over and it's not worth it anymore? I mean, two, three years ago, I was fucking in love with that shit. It, like, really worked. You know, you know 17 fucking boob shots, you know, like, that would work, right? Like, putting hot chicks uh, as a picture, even though the headline was about like modern medicine, that shit worked. Like, like all those hacks worked in that world. What I think you know is because we ruined it and put hot chicks over things that had nothing to do with them, people stopped clicking it as much. They still click it. There's certain marketplaces. And so I think my thought on that is much like deal of the day with Groupon and Living Social, much like what I lived through with email and SEO, much like what's gonna happen with social media, we know it works but is it arbitraging the way you want it to today and don't get romantic and let it be your only thing while, guys, the, how many people here right now by show of hands are really happy or feeling really strong or feeling success, like business is good, business is booming, how many? I'm really scared of those people <laughs> because they're the people when things are going well, that's when you're least likely to break your shit. The thing that I'm most proud of is every single day I wake up, I try to put myself out of business. Right now I'm at the prime of my career and I'm trying to put myself out of business. I'm trying to stress test all my hyperbole on stage today, does it still work? Is it still a good value? So I would say to you, 18 months ago when you were in your prime in that space, that would have been a good time to start taking some of the profits, dollars, and your energy and time and start learning what was happening on Instagram. Got it? It's that game. Deploying some of the energies and dollars to what you think is emerging next to be there when yours goes down. So I think it's a viable platform. I just know it's not converting the way it used to for most of the stuff that I'm looking at. Thank you. You're welcome. All right, dude, you get to be the last one. Thanks. I'm so sorry for everybody else. I know it hurts, but you can bum rush real quick and I'll give quick daps or something. <laughs> and I'll answer, I got a two hour fucking drive to LAX. I'll answer a shitload on Twitter, so you can ask her, I promise. Go ahead, my man. Thanks for taking the question. Um, Ryan here. Um, I do a lot of live streaming. And one of the questions I have is, first of all, as an agency, I have an agency here in San Diego, how would you recommend incorporating Periscope into what we do as an agency? As a gateway drug to clients? Yeah, well, well both. For, for the clients, for them to leverage the platform. How to charge for it, what do you, you know, I would say give away all your best advice for free. Okay. And so that is the anti answer to all agencies. Okay. Like the craziest dirty little secret about me is I give away all my advice for free, shit that I'm using to build a hundred million dollar billable, not pass through agency, because 99% of fuckers don't do it. Okay. That's like the craziest dirty secret. There's people in here that think they wanna hold on to their biggest gift or their thing they know, and the number one thing you can do is give it away for free as leverage, because the reality is most people won't do it. I, everything I just talked about, many things people are like, oh, I want, that's good, you're just not gonna do. So you're saying give it away in order to... I mean, sit in fucking the stream, right? Right. On Periscope and start giving away good advice. Like this week, one of our clients really crushed it because they did this Facebook ad against this targeting or whatever the fuck you do. 
Yeah, no, and, and I'm doing that, I guess, and that's building my, my platform. Yes. And building my agency. How long have you been doing it? For seven, eight months. Not long enough. I, okay. You know what um, I mean? Yeah, I hear you. Um, so, and, and what, do you, how, what do you think the future The other is? thing is, you, can be, you also, if you want it to be a gateway drug, yeah. you should be saving that stream, then posting on your Facebook page, and then targeting employees of companies that you want to hire you. Okay. But I think you also want to do no, no, hold it for clients, right? Yeah, yeah. That's no, exactly. but I gave him the, the right answer, which is take that content, then take it out of Periscope, download it, upload it as a Facebook dark post, and then post it and target it against employees of the 40 targets of businesses within a 10-mile radius or a 100-mile radius or wherever in the world. There's much more B2B transactional opportunities on Facebook than people realize if they started targeting employees of the company, especially if you started things with like, you know, does your CIO know? Yeah. You know, and then you have the employees forward it to their CIO. Gotcha. Practitioners, okay. motherfuckers. Thank you. That's awesome. And then, um, one of the, just um, where do you see the future of uh, Google, like live streaming 360? Um, Love it. I see. We're, I'm doing a lot. I'm going to produce an action sports day here yep. coming up really soon. I'm obsessed with 360. On, on I'm an investor in a company called Little Star that you should check out with no A yeah. before the R. Um, we, we're doing. We've done the Aflac, like Facebook and Google just made VaynerMedia partners because of the great work we're doing with 360. I'm obsessed with 360. I, I mean, I think it's the, it's definitely the future. It's we're, huge. We're, I mean. So where do you see that, that going? I see it going... I think so it's going well. Yeah, okay. I mean, but Google, and now Google... <laughs> I, think Google. People are gonna, I think people are gonna look to hire people that are doing 360 video. For example, I just did a 360 video that I lost $120,000 in hard costs on because I just want the examples for the market that I know is emerging. Okay, and, and YouTube now, is, they just announced they're gonna do 360... They yeah, sure did. So, yeah, awesome. All right, awesome. thank you. All right, I'm gonna sneak one more in real quick with the beard, and then that dude all the way at the end is really fucking grinding, so we may have to do three more, but I'll go real fast. <laughs> Don't worry about dinner. All right, here we go. You rock, bro. Thanks, man. Um, Okay, so I don't have a huge following. My name is Keith Brisset, by the way. How are you? I don't you? have a huge following. I don't have a huge email list. How the fuck do I sell a ton of AskGaryVee books and out-hustle everyone in the AskGaryVee uh, squad? Well, I think that you should go door-to-door. -door. <laughs> Obviously. I would go door-to-door. -door. You know what's funny? It was kind of similar to the first question of this whole thing. Right. The only way when you don't have a lot the only way you win when your width is less is your depth is more. Like if you literally compel every human being that you know super well to buy multiple copies of the book, which feels funny to say out loud and I appreciate it, you'll do better. You know, there's a lot of people that have, I have tons of friends who have hundreds of thousands of followers and have huge reach and they're gonna tweet it and I'm gonna sell four books. So I, uh, it's always depth, man. It's always, always depth. Awesome. And it's depth in practitionership. That little rant we just had with that awesome dude, it was fun for me because I really know what the fuck I'm talking about because I do it. So it's depth in your skills and it's depth in your approach. It's the only thing. Always. Forever. It's so fucking zen. I like your beard too. All right. Thank you. Hey, what's up, Garrett? This is Henry from New Jersey. Where in Jersey? Uh, uh, Long Branch. Love it. Yeah, so, uh... I don't really have a question, I just want to share a quick story with you. So about, about 16 months ago, uh, I, almost, I almost went out of business. I had a graphic design business and I made all the wrong decisions and invested in the wrong... Yep. And then 
digital marketer popped into my life somehow, some way. And uh, I just want to take this opportunity to thank Ryan and the whole company to help me get out of my little jam. And 16 months later, we did a half a million dollars in sales. That's awesome. And, and, and for Gary, <laughs> I take the shit out of you in Instagram, and I'm surprised you didn't tell me to go fuck myself yet. <laughs> but I'll tell you this. Uh, I, I watched this one video. Uh, it's that's like a, a, you know what? That's a good example because I want to make learnings for everybody. <sighs> Depth versus width. Everybody who tags me on Instagram because they think it's going to pop up in my feed and then I'm going to look at their shit. Like, I know what you're doing and so does everybody else that you're doing that too and all you're doing is actually ruining your brand equity instead of winning. This is another example of depth versus width. Cool, you think you're going to get all these people to see it. The way, the context of your actions matters just as much as your action. Go ahead. So the video you, you put out, it was a few months ago, it looked like a Nike commercial. It was, it was really well done. Fucking D-Rock. Yeah, he, 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 yep. give, I give that dude props. But the one thing at the end of the video you said, which just like hit me like a bolt of lightning, you said, there's no game over for me. Yep. And that just, I'm gonna get emotional, but that hit me hard, dude. And I think between Ryan's camp, ClickFunnels, and your hustle and your motivation, ambition, got me to where I am That's today. Awesome, so man. I just I'm wanna happy. say thanks, man. Thank you so much. You know, it's, it's funny, I so desperately like push against the motivational rah-rah part of my life. Like, I do it, and I'm good at it, and I like it, but like, every time I'm like, fuck this, I don't wanna do that anymore, let me just keep building businesses. Like, you hear that shit, and it's like crazy that, com it's communication. I do it as a human, but your business and brand can do it too. It's unbelievable what communication does. And, and when you see like a dude wear a wristband from your wine show in 2008, mm -hmm. like that kind of communication is just so intense. Yeah. Thanks so much, Gary. Dude, you're the only, the those other two people should really thank you. That dude got to tell his emotional story because you were really not willing to let me off stage, so I'm impressed with the hustle. It's <laughs> a good, good testimonial too, right? They, um, I, uh, I'm Jackson from Australia. Just a quick one on Snapchat for everyone. Like, is there a formula or a conversion rate on how many views you're getting to what you would pay for a shout out or some sort of advertisement? Just first of all, I think you're really attractive. Yeah. So I wasn't, I didn't hear much of what you said. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, this is a good looking young dude, right? Have you been to Australia? They so, all look like that. So, wait a minute, yeah. you asked, is there some sort of data that supports what you should pay? What you should I think you're like, this, like the smartest person in the world right now. Well, thank you, brother. I... Should we hook up or? Yeah. <laughs> now we're getting back to the original purpose for Snapchat, right here. Right here. All right, so, so right, real quick, let me ask a question. Are you asking, is there some really quantifiable Understanding, no, no, like, like real quick, real quick, park. to like, understand what to pay people for Snapchat shoutouts? For example, all right, I'm in financial services. I run like a trading education company. It's yeah. a very similar business model to this. Yes. And, you know, for Snapchat, what would I pay someone with, a, like, let's say 30,000 views yes. per 10 so, seconds? So, first of all, are you even in the funnel where the consideration is 30 and unders would buy your shit? No. So that's what I thought, and so what I would say is keep paying attention, 
You know, it's like running a marathon. Get on the treadmill, but I would highly, highly advise you not to do any Snapchat marketing right now because that audience is not there. It's, it's 30 year olds and under and it's emerging social media and marketing people of all ages that are your first group there. So they're scattered, but in 12 months, in 24 months, they're gonna be there. And so you wanna yeah. know how to execute. That's number one. Number two, yeah, it'll be, it, it's gonna be hard because you'll be doing endorsement. It's like trying to figure out what to pay Beyonce or what to pay, you know, cause you're getting, you're not getting like math clicks yet. You're just getting awareness and then conversion. What I would tell you is, if this is now for other people that can take this advice, I would ask an influencer if you're really paying them and they're willing to do it because they may not even be willing to do it, but I would ask them to do a call to action snap to show you how many people screenshot their call to actions as a ratio to how many people watch the story. So the reason I'm so bullish on Snapchat is when I go in for an ask and say, you know, screenshot this and do something, when you've got 25,000 people that see something and you have 9,000 people that screenshot something, not click, like that, you're talking about real depth of engagement. So I think the way you could proxy how much attention is really happening is that the other thing is I would just assume the attention's happening because that's where Snapchat is in its life cycle. I think the bigger issue is what's the makeup of their audience and are they in the consideration to buy what you're selling? So what would you recommend instead, like Periscope, Facebook Live? Facebook, man. Facebook. Facebook. Number one. Yeah. All right. And um, would you expand into Facebook Live and Periscope as like a next sort of center of attention? Well, it depends on who's doing that content and can they siphon their audience to convert for what your product and service is. Right. Right? So if you've got the right personality, absolutely. What about Instagram? I mean, yep. hypothetically speaking, yep. if I... I would tell you that there's so much depth of targeting on Facebook that I would first try to go deep into that. Yep. And you could flirt with the other stuff, but that's where you got to go. We're pretty deep into, into Facebook, but Instagram, what, what's like your best tip? I've got... It's, know, it's, it's actually... about 16,000. I've got like a 5 to 10% conversion on 16,000. Like what is the best way to get through to that. I think the biggest problem with Instagram right now is I'm stunned that the targeting capabilities aren't perfect like they are on Facebook. They own both companies. They're the best tech company in the world. I've been surprised that when I target in Instagram, it's not actually targeting that person the way I'd expect it to. So I would just test and learn. I mean, there's not, the the problem with your questions for me right this second is there's just a couple of layers of details that I need to understand better to give you real advice. But I will tell you this, even I, spending $100 million a year on ads right now, focused on it 18 fucking hours a day, feel like there's still a lot to be done on Facebook. So no matter how much you're doing, don't, don't completely say that we've got Facebook done yet. Sweet. All right. Thanks so much, Take Gary. care, man. Thank you, guys. Gary Vaynerchuk, big round of applause. Thank you, brother. Close this out, see you on the other side. Big round of applause, hey! Any guy? We're gonna be back here in this room getting started bright and early. Show up at eight if you want a good seat. We're gonna get officially started at 8.30. Thank you all again. We got another content packed day tomorrow, so make sure you're here. Thank you all.